We got the alternative energy. Right. Well, making our free autonomy. Well, we got the alternative energy. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. This show is produced on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. In today's show, we bring you interviews with Kokoda woman and nuclear test survivor Sue Coleman Hasseldine and anti-radioactive waste dump campaigner Mara Bonacci. These interviews were held on Jirwal land at the Yaliri Solidarity Camp facilitated by the Banuranium Mining Permanently Collective in WA. Sue Coleman Hasseldine talks about her experience and why she travelled three days to Yaliri in solidarity with the Jirwal traditional owners and their ongoing fight against uranium mining on their lands. So you've travelled thousands of kilometres to get here for three nights to be in Yaliri. Yes, we're going to do that again tomorrow too. <laughs> so why is this so important to you? It's really important because um, when I first started finding out about uranium and the damages, I thought I was on my own until I met up with a lot more people and had a lot more support than I thought. And just to come and support our people, our family over here, and to see everybody that's doing the same thing, it's absolutely great. Let them know they're not on their own, even if we are thousands of kilometres apart. Yeah, and you just mentioned ANFA. Um, you're, you're also the co-chair of the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. Co-president. Oh. Co-president. Oh, sorry, I got it wrong. Co-president of the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. So you just mentioned how you got involved in ANFA. Can you tell, for those of us that don't know, what is ANFA and what uh, is the meeting, that the annual meeting all about, which is coming up in two weeks? Well, ANFA is the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, and that was set up. I wasn't there at the set up at the beginning, but I don't know whether I was second or second meeting or third meeting after that started up, when I went looking for answers. Um, ANFA brings Aboriginal people and supporters from around Australia together, and we've been pretty strong and just niggling away at the government and you know getting the message out there that nuclear. Anything nuclear is not good. And we still, well, you know, like I met Vicky through an ANFA meeting, otherwise I wouldn't have known she existed. And it's that sort of thing that ANFA does, is really good at doing, is bringing everybody together to share their stories and to work out a strategy on how to fight it. This year's a big ANFA one because we've got the waste dump people from Kimber, non-Aboriginals, and from the Flinders Rangers that are going to join forces at a protest in Port Augusta. Mm. And that's, that's really good because it's just showing the rest of Australia it's not just those Aboriginals there causing trouble. Oh. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, lot, a lot of other people that don't want this stuff. So that, that's really important. Mm. <laughs> Nani, so you mentioned Maralinga. Yeah. Can you talk about Maralinga for those that don't know and your experience? There are three, three bomb testing sites in Australia. Montebello Islands was first just off of Broome and that, uh, the fallout from that just covered Broome and all the Kimberley whatever and black. Then there was Maralinga and Emu Fields. All up there were 12 bomb tests and then there was 700 or so plutonium tests as well. And um, we've managed to get some some paperwork as to which way the wind went at each blast 
and superimpose that and the whole of Australia and Tasmania is just black with radiation fallout. Um, Maralinga was the homelands for Aboriginal people, nomads or whatever they want to call them. But then when they wanted the, the land to test the bombs, they rounded up some of the people. They didn't round them all up because our mob are really good at hiding. If you do, they don't want to be found, they won't be. They didn't know what the heck was going on. And then, you know, there was one white fella sent out to get them, bring them all in, and he couldn't... Well, they couldn't speak English, he couldn't speak their language, and he couldn't do that, the territory that was required to get everybody in. So there was a lot of our people that actually died out there because of the bomb. And the mob that they brought back in, they displaced them in another area. And then a long way down the track, um, Native Title came out and they said, you, you have to go back to claim your own homelands, you know, your own tribal lands. Well, the people from Maralinga really didn't have much to claim because it's still, you know, really contaminated out there. And then there was generations that have been born in this other place that, that to them, that's their land now. It's, it's just a really vicious little circle that's going on with the government making up all these rules and making us, or trying to make us obey them with threats. Like that homeland, the native title. You, they say they've given the land back to the Aboriginal people, but if, mine, if miners got an interest in there, they take the land back again. The Aboriginal people have no say except to say, OK, we'll accept your million dollars or whatever. That's the only say they've got in it. Otherwise, they go without and they take the land anyway. So there's your native title for you. It's a nasty, evil thing. Yeah, Maralinga spread far and wide, Maralinga, Emu Fields and Montebello Islands. Because it wasn't just where they set the bomb off because the winds winds took it everywhere. Can you tell us about um, your experience with native title and how the government has curtailed native title rights over your country for the nuclear industry? Well, yeah, it's not just the nuclear industry either. It's for other mining, drilling in the head of bite, or drilling in the Great Australian Bight. Any time they give you native title, they can take it back. If you don't agree to their to their demands to let mining happen on your country. And there's, there's another law there too, section 23 or something it is, that enables the miners to remove and destroy Aboriginal um, remains and artefacts. And there's like a clause there that allows them to do what they want anyway. Um, over the years I've found out that, I've tried to work with Native Title. I thought, great, we're gonna have a say on controlling our, protecting our land. But the truth of it was it was just wheeling and dealing in real estate, stolen real estate too for that matter. And um, the only way that I can see forward is to fight them out of the courts. The courts are all on their side mostly. Um, and just just take it on and if I'm a rebel, well, so be it. But we need to let the rest of the world know that Australia's not the beautiful country that they all think it is and the government is really looking after the people. Because if the Aboriginal people lose in the end, everybody will lose. Because it's these little kids' lives, their future, as well as ours. You know, they're all the same. We all breathe the same air. So we all need to work together, whether they call it native title, homelands, or whatever they call it, it's nothing. It's just lip service.
so we just have to fight against it. Going back to when you travelled to Vienna and then to New York in 2017 with the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, um, you spoke in front of uh, over a hundred nations. And what was your message to them in during the nuclear weapon ban treaty negotiations? The the actual message was how it was the damages that were done to our way of life, our people, our food supply, everything and. And the um, Australian Embassy in Vienna wouldn't didn't want to even know I was there, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> but you know, it was just bringing to the world's attention how things are happening here in Australia and still happening, and we can't, we're not supposed to say no. I'd like to see them leave Western Australia alone, leave it uranium mine free. They've already got enough in South Australia. They don't need any more for a start. And if we can stop that, if we can help support, if I can support the ladies here, I will, even if it means three days travel, you know, that's nothing. But, yeah, I don't know, just, just bringing the attention to the world that this happened. So much was stolen from us when it did happen. And it's still threatening us got a question for Auntie Sue. I haven't and some of us might not have been to her country. So can you tell us a bit about your country and if that's too broad a question can you tell us about rock holes? <laughs> rock holes are a major part of our country. Um, my tribal people came from inland. Every summer they'd go to the beach and every winter they'd go back inland again. So we had the best of two worlds. We had bush and beach. And there's plenty of stories around how the rock holes were formed and Seven Sisters Dreaming. And we're struggling to hold on to the sites. They'll never take away the stories from us because that's in us. But the sites themselves are in danger. And it's, it's a big area, I guess, that we look after. And the fights that we have to have with mining companies, oil drilling people, you know, just to protect our cultural way of life and not just ours, but everybody's, even fishermen, if the, if the, the whales. You know, we're, we're thinking about all of these things when we're fighting different companies and they just keep us on our toes all the time. But we've got beautiful country too. We go out, I go out usually twice a year to clean out rock holes to make sure that the water supply is good for the animals and the stuff we can get out of there. Jem got emus out a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we get pull camels, dogs, anything out of those rock holes because they're deep. If anything falls in, the sides are just granite sides. So even a human's not going to get out. Some of the, yeah, they won't. They'll die in there too. But... Um, we're pretty good at safety with everybody. But we like to keep it clean, and because the miners say, oh, nobody's out here, nobody lives here, nobody's looking after the place, then we turn up. And we we don't live out there permanently anymore, but we're turning up all the time to look after our sites, which is a real pain in the rear end to them. Sometimes we play hide-and-seek out there. We seek and they hide, you know, trying to catch them. We've had one blockade... And I've, I class that as a win because they haven't been back on that that rock hole area at the moment, but they're around other places. 
and we've just got to keep keep battling so that try and kick them roll the way out. They've got enough mines, they've got enough everything. They don't need any more. And our, our, our land is shrinking because they're taking it away. From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC, a 3CR supporter. This is The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. We just heard an interview with Sue Coleman-Hasseldine on the importance of solidarity in the ongoing fight against radioactive racism in Australia. Now an update from the South Australia Waste Dump campaign from campaigner Mara Bonacci. Mara speaks in detail on the divisive nuclear waste dump site selection process, Adnya Matna and Bangala opposition to the nominated sites, and what people outside the affected areas can do to add support to this campaign. So for decades they've been trying to target a site without actually having a proper process or what if we, we don't have a proper inventory. We don't know how much waste there is. Apparently there's like maybe a hundred sites of low-level waste scattered around Australia. It might be medicine waste but hospital waste degrades in up to six months and then goes to regular landfill after it decays. So we, we, we're, we're asking to stop this process, stop making it about a postcode and make it about a proper process. There's plenty of room and plenty of time to keep it at Lucas Heights and at Woomera for now. Have a proper inventory, have an independent inquiry into all the options, like do you need to have that co-located? Should um, there be one place for the low level, one for the intermediate? We don't necessarily have the answers, but we know that the questions haven't been asked or looked at by the people that make the decisions. So we want to pull the pin on this process, take the three sites in South Australia off the table and have a full independent inquiry into the best way to manage Australia's worst waste. Could this be um, a stepping stone for us to, you know, create more waste or take waste from other countries? South Australia, about four or five years ago now, had the state premier at the time, Labor's Jay Weatherall, ran a royal commission into the four parts of the nuclear fuel chain, so mining, processing, um, power and waste, and... Even though the panel was stacked with pro-nukers, they came up with none of it was economically viable except for potentially the importation of international radioactive waste. There is no, and like I said before, we don't produce our own high-level waste because we don't have that nuclear power. Um, there is no functional high-level waste depository, like permanent disposal, in the world. And South Australia was looking at importing it from the rest of the world. And that stuff needs to be managed for like over 100,000 years. So it's not okay. There's someone who's got a job in America. There's a movie called Containment and it covers how there's someone's job who's trying to figure out how to put markers on the land because um, to communicate to future generations that far into the future, don't go here, it's poison. Like, do you use English? Do you use pictures? Do you use what? So that's the kind of thing they have to think about. And Australia was thinking about bringing it in. 
I was lucky enough to be in Taiwan for the No Nukes Asia Forum a couple of weeks ago. And they're all trying to figure, and that's the equivalent of Anthem, and they're all trying to figure out what to do with their waste. And they're like, um, well, it comes from Australia, the uranium, because Australian uranium fueled Fukushima. You should take it back. And we're like, no, no, you've tampered with it. We want to keep it in the ground here, not produce more, and we're not taking it back after you've messed with it to make um, the high-level waste from nuclear power. So the government assures us that this proposal is not going to be for high-level waste, and we did win that campaign to stop the high-level waste dump proposal in South Australia, and, but we won that, but we kind of feel like it's dormant, not dead. It might pop back, but we're really hoping it doesn't. So... This is Australia's waste. It's a national issue, but the government's making putting the burden of responsibility on two small regional and remote communities that they've split. Like, I can go into that later, but it's just insane how divisive the process has been. But they've got the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science that's running the show for the minister um, have got a submission process open at the moment. Um, and so the only way that anyone can have a say that don't live in the ballot area is to write a submission. So you can either write your own if you've got the time and the energy or you can do the clicktivist thing or you can um, edit the text or you can write your own. All the instructions are there. So if you go to melbourne.fo.org.au slash D-I-I-S underscore submission, um, please do that. Get everyone you know to write a submission, do them all. And the other thing would be really good is we've got in South Australia the No Dump Alliance, which formed around the, the campaign to stop the high-level waste dump. But now we're working on the, you know, halting this ridiculous process. So people can join as groups or individuals. So if you go into... Um, nodumpalliance.org.au you can join as a group or individual and the more people we get on that the better and that's a group of that's a bunch of organisations it's got um, environment groups faith groups um, Aboriginal organisations unions like it's a huge range of groups so anyone that signs up to that would be great and spread it as far as you can because the more noise we, we make the better and we really need to let the communities in Flinders and Kimber know that they're not alone and they're supported by people all over Australia. Um, when are the submissions? Is there a deadline for the submissions? Um, the submissions are open until the end of the consultation process, which I suspect will be when the Flinders Rangers ballot wraps up in early December. So they haven't set a real date on it, but they've just said to the end of the consultation process. The sooner the better. Auntie Sue, do you have anything to say on the waste dump? Just that we need to keep a really close eye on the government and just keep fighting. And if if we kick them out, then we'll just have to come over here and fight here too. And just keep keep them moving in circles between South Australia, Western Australia, Northern Territory. They're the main main targets. And just like keep everything at Lucas Heights. We don't we don't need it. I mean, we've been poisoned once. We don't need to be threatened. Ever to be poisoned again. I've come all the way up to share my message about the West Up. Like all my elders have been talking very hard before, telling the government that they didn't want the West Up to come to land. One thing, these people didn't listen to us. We've asked them to come, come here and talk to us in Tennant Creek. We want to talk to you people. We want to tell you Let's begin our story now. Don't waste the territory. This land.
means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. Don't waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. This is Millway dreaming. Sold out by the numbers dealing. They've been hurting my feelings. I'm a gurungulu, and I should have my say. Instead of the government's getting it their way. Say no to the waste dump, waste dump. No to the waste dump, waste dump, dump. Don't waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. Don't waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. Hometown, now I'm bound to lead on my young crew. Selling your land isn't tight. Let's get together and fight for our right. Planting your poison in our land just to get some cash in your hand. You're drilling a hole right through my soul, right through my soul, right through my soul. Don't waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. Don't waste the territory. This land means a lot to me. Been living here for centuries. This place we call marketing. This has been the Radioactive Show. That was Mara Bonacci talking about the radioactive waste dump proposal in South Australia and the divisive ballot that looms over two regional communities in Kimba and the Flinders Ranges. To take urgent action and show support with the traditional owners, send a submission to www.melbournefo.org.au slash D-I-I-S underscore submission. That's www.melbournefoe.org.au slash D-I-I-S underscore submission. Please also encourage family and friends to add their opposition through these submissions. This is a very small way of showing support to the affected traditional owners and their communities. Even though, in both cases, sovereignty over the lands, these lands is also recognised under Whitefellow law through the native title legislation, the views of the native title holders have once again been ignored and left out of the waste dump site selection process on their own ancestral lands. So these submissions are being accepted for a very short time only by the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science, and you can make these submissions at www.melbournefo.org.au slash D-I-I-S underscore submission. That's FO as an F-O-E. And like Mara said, our radioactive waste management plan and site selection process should be a consensual process and not just a postcode. And that's a wrap for this week's Radioactive Show. Thank you for tuning in. This show was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and the Jirwal people and will be broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 
My name is Lavanya, and I would like to thank our guests Sue Coleman Hasseldine and Mara Bonacci. We also thank Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their ongoing support of our show. You can podcast our episodes on www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We encourage listeners to get in touch via our Facebook page. Thanks again and keep tuning in for nuclear-free news and views.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.